Good evening and welcome to El of Pumar Takes. This is our 235th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplissy, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all today. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. I have a fantastic show planned for you today, and I, I cannot believe that I am going to be sitting here with this guest again, making his return to Alos Fumar Takes for a second time. It's going to be an awesome conversation, but before we get to formal introductions of our guests of honor on this wonderful day, we've got to thank the people that make this show possible, and that, of course, is our sponsors, and tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Once again, Drew Estate and Cigar Dojo, our friends Eric Gatormson, Jordan Gatormson over at Cigar Dojo have done it again. They have uh, partnered up for the Dojo Dogma Maduro, but a special twist celebrating the 10th anniversary of Cigar Dojo here in 2022. Ten years ago, Cigar Dojo was born, a unique platform where unique smoke, cigar smokers from all over the world could enjoy fine smokes together, said Erica Tormson. Cigar Dojo's co-founder and master sensei of the Dojo Verse, as they call it. To celebrate the monumental occasion, we once again have partnered with Drew Estate and created a very special cigar that represents who we are, what we stand for, and why we love this culture. Like Cigar Dojo itself, Underground Dojo Dogma is a cigar created by cigar lovers for cigar lovers. So check out Smoke In or any Drew Diplomat retailer for a Dojo Dogma Maduro 10th anniversary cigar. Uh, today and grab one of these iconic and memorable smokes called celebrating 10 anniversary. Congratulations to my good friends, Eric and Jordan on 10 years of cigar dojo and congratulations to Drew Estate on another fine cigar and welcome everybody. This is our 235th take. Merry Christmas. I'm so excited to be with you here today and tonight and this evening. And it's my privilege to welcome tonight's guest uh, sponsored by United Cigars. Smoke one today. Start living United. Mr. Drew Newman of J.C. Newman Cigar Company. Drew, how are you doing today, sir? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Bear. Merry Christmas to all of you tuning in. Uh, uh, it's great to be here with you. I'm, I'm so excited. And thank you so much for making the time to sit down with me and everything. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Christmas. We're going to talk a little bit about J.C. Newman. And we're going to be doing it with some fantastic cigars uh, I see you've got some activity going on behind you. We're going to talk about where you're located here in just a second, but uh, um, why don't we talk about what we're smoking? Um, sure. I've got an aged one as well sitting here. We've got the American, uh, the iconic uh, cigar that you guys came out with just a couple of years ago, and you've got one as well, but there's something missing on yours. There is. There's something missing, and that's the band. And the reason is, Bear, uh, you're coming to us from Texas, and we're here in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, on the third floor of our 112-year-old historic El Rolo Cigar Factory. And uh, this is not a virtual backdrop. Behind me is our rolling room, our rolling gallery. Uh, we've got our, 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 our team, Louis and Yenny, are rolling the American cigars. And uh, I, I wanted to, to join you and light one up, which I'll do in a second. So I went over to our packing packing table over there and uh, picked one out that uh, was rolled a year ago. Uh, spent the past 12 months downstairs in our basement aging room, and we're getting ready to band and box and uh, and uh, um, put the final finishing touches on. But uh, here in the Cigar City, we have a living, breathing, wonderful, historic cigar factory. Where we're working to keep the tradition of American cigar making alive, and that's certainly represented by 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 this, the American, the the first 100 percent all-American cigar, handmade uh, in the United States uh, with all-American tobacco and everything from the from, from seed to ash is 
as Americans. So um, thank you for lining up with me. And uh, uh, I'll pause for a moment from talking so that I can light it up too. Sounds fantastic. I, I've just lit my up. I, I mean, that was one of the easiest lights I've done on a cigar in a long time. This one actually has some age too. This is a, a year plus from purchase um, actually. So I've had this one in my humidor for a little bit. I've been setting some aside. Wow. I really wanted to see what uh, the American and all these fine American tobaccos would do under the time of aging. I'm a huge aging nerd. So it's a really great experiment. What a great, great, uh, great opportunity and time to uh, to take it out and commemorate and sit and have a great conversation with the, uh, the one and only uh, brain, uh, brain and heart behind it. Although April's not here too. I know she had a real big hand in this and you were at the rest of your family too. So. Well, Bear, if, if, um, if, if you bought that cigar a year ago, that means it, it's been a year aging. And before that, uh, we, we aged the wrapper, fluorescent wrapper for three years. And so, and you're smoking at least five-year-old tobacco, um, which it just kind of speaks to one of the unique parts about our industry, which is that we use all natural aged tobaccos and do it the same way that we've been doing for a hundred plus years. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible what this cigar has done for you guys, as far as, you know, a lot of, a lot of different things, the notoriety and the publicity aside, and that's a good thing. Like, you know, publicity or doing something for publicity have such a negative connotation in today's world. I feel like, but this is, I mean, what a, what an opportunity, what a publicity opportunity this was in, in such a positive way. I mean, it really shined a light, not just on what the Newman family does on a day to day basis, but, but incorporated all these other, I mean, let's call it, I mean, uh, you know, parties that are set up as some pariahs in some case. I mean, the American tobacco farmer isn't exactly a glorified position in a lot of ways, but they do so much great work. And there's so many, there's such great people, such great families, just like your own. I mean, it was just a wonderful project and I'm glad that it's continuing and it's doing so well for you guys. Well, thank you. It is. But you know, Bear, when you walk into a beautiful cigar lounge, you'll see an array of wonderful cigars from all over the world. What sets J.C. Newman apart and our family part is that we're a four-generation, 127, almost 128-year-old family business, uh, and, and we're, we're Americans. We've been rolling here proudly handmade cigars in the United States since 1895 when my great-grandfather started our company. And so that's what sets us apart is that we're an American family business. And so wanted to create a product like the American that represents our family story, but the story of cigar making in the United States. Uh, so often people think that cigars are, 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 are just from Cuba or from the Dominican Republic or Honduras or Nicaragua, that they're a Latin American product. But the reality is the cigar industry has a rich heritage here in the United States that dates back to 1612, uh, more than 400 years ago when the first crop of tobacco was grown in the Virginia colonies. And, and cigars have been an important part of the culture and the character and the industry of the United States. Uh, over the past four centuries. And some of that story has been lost. And, and through the American, we wanted to, to honor the, 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 the legacy of cigar making in the United States and certainly here in the cigar city of uh, Tampa, Florida. And, and you guys have done so much for that, for with that factory too, but you, you, you kind of started that, uh, 
story about your family. And we, we, we talked about this last time you were on. I mean, it, like you said, it's been uh, your family's been doing this since the late 1800s. And um, I mean, I still love we're going to talk about the background and what's going on behind you. And that's very beautiful. And that's wonderful, too. But let's not forget the humble beginnings that your family started with. I mean, this all started. This cigar is being smoked today by you and I. And this conversation is taking place because your family started in a barn in Ohio. And my great grandfather was a refugee. He came to America in um, 1888, spent six weeks at, at sea, just like so many um, families did more than a century ago. And, and, and they came to the United States, my family did, in search of a better life, in, in search and in, in pursuit of the American dream. And uh, But they came with nothing other than that dream and a passion and a willingness to, 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 to work hard and a belief that if they did work hard, that they'd be able to make something for themselves. And, and, and the word you use bear was humble. And that certainly describes our, our origins. Uh, my, my great grandfather settled in Cleveland with his family because that's where their friends were from the old world. They ended up in Cleveland and, and without really uh, having any skills, without speaking the, the language, my great grandfather set about trying to, to find a job. He needed to, to bring home an, an income to support his family. And uh, so he, he learned how to read help wanted, those two words in English. And for reasons we don't know, he he decided that cigars were interesting and he wanted to learn the cigar business. And and very humbly, he started at the bottom. He started as, as a cigar maker's apprentice, fetching coffee, cleaning the floors, uh, getting all the supplies and and learning and observing and working very hard and and from there he slowly learned how to how to, to process tobacco how to sort it how to ferment it how to care for it how to prepare it for, to be rolled and then learn the skill of rolling and and his thought at the time was if he, he if he learned the skill if he learned how to roll cigars with two hands he'd always be able to provide for his family using his two hands and and from those very humble origins, uh, uh, he, he created our, our company in, in the back of the family barn and with an order for 500 cigars and, and, and on May 5th, 1895. And from there, we very slowly and steadily uh, grown and, and are trying to keep his legacy alive and the legacy of cigar making uh, in the United States. It's a beautiful story. I've always... There, were, there was a part of the detail of that story I'd never heard before. And I always wanted to ask you and, you, and something you told, I didn't even prepare you for. And it was like, how did your, how did he settle? How did he settle on tobacco? How did he settle on cigars? And you, like you said, it just chance. My, my, my great grandfather, Julius uh, Caesar Newman um, ha had uh, four brothers and two sisters and his other brothers decided to become insurance salespeople. And one became a tailor and, uh, for whatever reason, he never wrote about it. He never told us. He decided that cigars were were interesting, and he went in an entirely different direction than his siblings. I'm so grateful he did. Yeah, absolutely. We all are. Um, all right. Well, that will lead us into tonight's major point. So, power of the P. Tonight's major point is always brought to you by people, the cigar people, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service. Protocol Cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well, maybe it is. But behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back. From the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Phoebe Cousins, Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. 
It's what their life's work has been and always will be about. Power of the P protocol cigars. So we're as we kind of talked about time, I think is going to be kind of a, an unofficial theme for tonight's conversation because um, I think we just kind of painted, you painted two very important pieces of time here. So uh, one, six weeks on a ship to come to the promised land in the hopes of a better life, you know, refugee, unbelievable beginnings, six weeks. So that if we look back six weeks from now, like six weeks ago, that means that they would have started their journey their dream before Thanksgiving. And that mean they wouldn't have even have arrived until now. And it, I mean, that's, I mean, there's a lot of anticipation. There's a lot of time. That's a lot of, you know, I mean, that's a lot of trust and in, in, in hope if, if, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, that's, that's this, this it's, I mean, it was a different time, a different century, obviously, but it, that's how a lot of people's story started. And it's, it's, exactly. It's not a remarkable story because it's a story shared by millions of immigrants who came to this country a hundred years before my great grandfather and have come to this country a hundred years after. Like it's it, it, it's the American story. But, you know, I think now, Bear, we're able to communicate from here in Florida and Texas instantly. And we have this mm-hmm. wonderful technology. But back then it, it didn't exist. They were literally saying goodbye forever to their homes, to their friends, everything they knew about the world in search of a better dream, knowing they'd never, they never see it again. It's, it's, but that, that's a, the story of, of my family is a story shared by so many Americans who, who've come to our, to our country. And it's, uh, it, it is remarkable thinking what that must've been like to make that decision um, more than a century ago. Yeah. And it's, I think it's appropriate that we're smoking the cigar that- Name the American. Uh, I know it's a, it's a trademark that your family has owned for quite some time, and it obviously didn't look like this when it originally was created by them. But I think it it's still part about a great story. What's that? It did. So when we um, bear when we recreated the American in um, two thousand, starting really two thousand fourteen, uh, the, the the genesis of the project was simply to create an all American cigar. A cigar using all American tobacco, hand rolled here in the United States, um, that highlights the cigar tradition, the cigar history here in in America, and highlights our company's four generation legacy. Uh, but at the time, we, we started like with everything. We always start with tobacco, always start with cigars, experiment, mix, match, blend, taste, try again, and once you get a blend, then I feel comfortable going beyond um, and start working on the branding. But once we had this all American cigar ready, we're starting to roll it. It became very clear what we should call it. And um, the reason why I, I interrupted you Barry, and said that this looked like it, the cigar looked like it always did is because we simply recreated this historic cigar brand called the American. When our iconic El Rolo cigar factory here in Tampa that I'm I'm coming to you from right now was built in 1910. The first brand of cigars made right here, right behind me, was the American. It was a brand that originated in the 1880s in in New York by the Regensburger family who moved down here and built this building, and they put and they they brought their their flagship brand with them. And so, um, uh, if you look at the band on the cigar right now, 
uh, I can put it side by side next to a band from a hundred years ago, and it looks the same. Uh, I remember with that two minor now. One, one, it says J.C. Newman on it, had to put our name on it, and then two, it's also oh probably fifty percent larger because cigars are so much larger today than they were a hundred years ago. But the 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 shield, the colors, the insignias, all of that right. is historic. And and we did that for a number of reasons, but 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 principally we did that because uh, we're we're using the cigar to honor the American cigar making tradition, mm-hmm. and so uh, 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 resurrecting an old a centuries old brand seemed to make a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I forgot. I, as soon as I said those words, and you corrected me, I remember that. Yeah, there were there was one. Tw- I remember there was one tweak, and I, there was the company. But yeah, that this is the same. The, the great thing about this project, again, and I know that this might be reiterating some of the story that people know, but for the people who haven't heard this, I think it's still really important. Like every part of this, every part of this experience, the American is genuinely American. The ink used on these bands, the band itself, the way it's manufactured, the boxes, the tobacco. They're all 100% manufactured in this country. And I know it was a very big and important part. I know you're going to probably grab something to show something here, but I think it was a very important part of your, of this project was to highlight all the hands uh, that go into making a cigar available to market. But then also, again, focusing on paying homage to this country that gave your family so much. Exactly, and and you, you explained it so well, Bear. But but this is the the um, box that we we pack the American in, and it's made by hand in Miami. It's made from all American hardwoods. The um, the, the 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 label is printed in Florida using paper from Wisconsin. The inks are from North Carolina. Even the hinges, the hinges on the back, uh, are made in Massachusetts. So every and the cellophane comes from I think we, we the supplier moved from New Jersey to, to Wisconsin, but it's an all American cellophane. So from start to finish, from seed to ash, every part of this project is all American, and there's simply nothing like it. it it's 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 a unique cigar. It's a unicorn in a way, in part because no one else is is crazy enough to to do this. Because it's so expensive, but also nobody else has a factory here like El Rolo left in the United States. Right. But to your point, inside every box there is a booklet. Of course, it's printed on American paper using American in the United States. And it, and it highlights the, the story and it introduces you to, 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 to our rollers, our packers, the, the, the farmers that grow the tobacco. It tells the story. This is the guy who makes the molds for us here just outside of Tampa. Like, everything about this project is all American. And uh, it's very special. And when you walk in uh, any cigar lounge around the country, around the world, there's an array of outstanding cigars, but there's nothing like this cigar. There's nothing like the American. And and we think it stands head and shoulders next to some of the great cigars in the world. It's, and you know this, Drew, it's one of, it's been one of my favorites since it's come out. I really enjoy the unique flavor of the Florida. Of, I love Jeff's Farm. I love the. I love Florida Sun Grown Tobacco. I love the the different people uh, that have taken it and used it in different ways. Most notably by the one the cigar that we're talking about by you and you uh, you and your family. Um, 
you know, we've, we've talked about a roll a couple of times. You're, again, you're sitting right there where this cigar is manufactured. You guys just did a beautiful renovation of this factory to kind of bring it, bring it back, not back to life, but just bring it up with the times and really make it a centerpiece of, of the culture that was, you know, Tampa for so many decades. And it's something, I know it's a sight to see, you know, I know Coop was down there and did it. And you were really a gracious host for him and did a wonderful storytelling of everything. But, um, you know, again, this, this is, this is the, uh, the culmination of, of a story that started, you know, in 1888, when your when your great grandfather arrives seven years later, he goes into this venture yeah, I told you time was going to be this unofficial theme today. Seven years, seven years, less than like, think about where we were seven years ago and imagine starting something. And then, but he took those seven years and invested so much of his time for his family and created a legacy that's still alive today, almost 130 years later. That's crazy. That's unbelievable. It, 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 it's an American story. It, it, it's the American dream realized. Um, there's a there's an idea for uh for a cigar name for you, Drew. The dream. <laughs> uh, that might be taken. You know, you're the lawyer. You'll you can you can check that out. No, but, no, I think I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure I, we can I can get a trademark for that. Um, but, but interesting American dream. I wonder what size that could be. Could be whatever size you want it to be, right? It's <laughs> just like the American dream. And that's in the legacy that we talk about. Uh, I love that I created an idea here. This is awesome. The uh, hey, the, um, the problem is, the, 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 I'm sorry, I interrupt you there, but you know the problem with with this is that we got this idea. I got to find some molds, got to make the cigars, got to age them for a year, got to get some boxes. So it's gonna be two years before the American Dream hits the market. But we should make a mental note, you you and I should, that uh, in two years, there will be a cigar, I guess, in, 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 in 2025 called The American Dream. And uh, and, and you, hear, you heard it first. Yeah, it'll be realized. I, I mean, and we're talking about- I owe you a box of the American Dream. There we go. I, I'll, I'll take I'll take anything of the American Dream. That'll be great. Um, the the um, the legacy that we talked about with your great grandfather starting it, it, really big news this past year too. Just, just a few weeks ago, we, we, we learned about uh, your father, Eric Newman joining your grandfather, yeah. Stanford Newman in the, um, you know, the prestigious cigar aficionado hall of fame, a, a wonderful, yeah, uh, w- wonderful uh, accolade uh, for, for your, you know, for your very important, you know, for your very important family to this, you know, to this industry. I mean, I, I mean, as a son, I know he's had some proud dad moments. I've had those conversations with him, but as a son, I mean, that had to, that had to just bring you immense pride. Of course. Um, it's an incredible honor. Um, in the past uh, 30 years, Cigar Vishnada Magazine has inducted, I think it's 32 people in the Cigar Hall of Fame. And uh, now my, my father has joined my grandfather and my grandfather was in the inaugural class back in, I think it was 1998. Seven. Or yeah. Mm-hmm. The class with uh, Zeno Davidoff and Carlos Fuentes Sr. and uh, 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 Frank Leoneza and John Oliva Sr. And, and and who am I missing? Edgar Coleman. Um, Edgar Coleman, of course. Mr. Coleman. I, I, Bear, there aren't that many people around that still remember um, the, the, the Mr. Coleman, but I, I remember him very well. Um, but 
of those 32 people in the Cigar Hall of Fame, there, there are now three families who have two generations, two members of their families in the Hall of Fame. And it was first, it was uh, the, the Fuente family and then the, 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 the Padron family. And now my family is in there in two generations. And it's an incredible honor. This is my, my father's 50th year in the cigar business. I read that. Uh, I could not believe it. That's crazy. Building for 50 years and uh, he's not going anywhere. Uh, he, he, he loves it. Uh, we were joking earlier today um, downstairs that my dad's going to die here. And he, he probably will. My grandfather did. And my great grandfather did too. And, and, and I think it's just, it's a wonderful, uh, hopefully not, not for decades. But <laughs> yeah. it, it, yes, sir. About the, the business that we're in and, and the, the legacy that's just being left. Um, but to your point, my dad was inducted to the Cigar Fanata Hall of Fame um, uh, last month, and he didn't tell us. He got a letter, and he got the trophy, uh, the, the actual award, in the mail, and he put it on his desk, and he didn't tell anybody. Um, and it was uh, later, uh, uh, sh shortly thereafter, I was flipping through the, the new edition of Cigar Fanata, the 30th anniversary edition, just turning the pages, seeing what was in there. And I, lo and behold, oh, I turned... Vincent saw there was a new uh, class. I saw my dad's picture there and I ran his office and I congratulated him. He said, yeah, yeah, I know. He didn't tell you. He didn't tell anybody. Oh my gosh. Too just uh, uh, embarrassed by, by the recognition, but uh, it really is wonderful. And I'm, I'm so grateful that, um, that uh, he uh, is being uh, recognized for, for, for his career a career that he he loves and for leading our company and really leading the industry uh, for so many years. That's unbelievable. Uh, he didn't tell you what a funny story. Um, Says sounds 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 like a very Newman thing to do. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I, I you mentioned the second generation of your family joining uh, some other elite other elite families in this particular uh, group of of hall of famers for uh, this publication. And I think it's, you know, I think it's telling that, you know, why there's certainly uh, a wide variety and a great amount of manufacturers out there who've been in the business for considerably less time. It still goes to show the dedication that, and, and what it takes in terms of the long term that that can still exist too. Like the legacy can, can continue from generation to generation and even be, and even, be greater. Like I, you know, God rest him. I think if, you know, if Stanford Newman were here today, I think he would look at your father's work and your uncle's work and your work and not believe what you all have accomplished. Just like, I'm sure your dad has done the same and you will one day do the same. Like, wow, you know what the next generations will build and everything. So I think that's, I think that's something to be recognized for sure too, that the, you know, it's your grandfather and your great grandfather, well, they, they, they started something and built something that you and your father and your uncle are continuing to build uh, it even more and even better if, if that's even possible. Right. Which is crazy to think about. Well, that's very kind of you. I, I hope my grandfather, I was very close to my grandfather, Stanford, uh, and I inherited his office, which I love. I, I, I hope you'd wow. be proud of what we're doing. He certainly has some thoughts. He'd want, if he was here today, he has some thoughts and he want, he has some opinions. <laughs> And he didn't want to share them. And I have no doubt my great grandfather would have even more thoughts and <laughs> and and, and um, uh, advice for us, whether we want to hear it or not, on how how we should be doing things. But um, but it, it's a it's a wonderful legacy, you know. Uh, again, I keep coming back to the analogy of what it's like walking into 
um, a beautiful cigar lounge and seeing this array of incredible cigars. Cigars today have never been been better. Um, but but what really sets our family apart and our longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family part, is that we're the two four generation, hundred plus year old family businesses still making cigars like we did a century ago. And it's mm-hmm. um and and as I, I see behind you the Alec Bradley branding and 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 it's wonderful having new companies and new entrants and new ideas and innovation in the industry. It keeps things fresh. Couldn't be happier uh, when new companies join and are successful, but it's also, I think, healthy for the industry too, to have in addition to, to the newer companies, also the, 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 the longstanding companies too, like ours that have been here through not one cigar boom or two or three, but really for us, five cigar booms, um, right. And being able to have that, that history too, I think it helps make the industry even more special, and uh, and it helps keep this tradition uh, that has been passed on. In my case, for for, for four generations, um, alive in our in our business. Well, it's it's funny because you you mentioned Alec Bradley, right, and Alan Rubin, who joins your father in the Hall of Fame in the same class, right? And this is new. This is new. this is new. Like when we talk about the Newmans, we talk about the Fuentes and the relationships that you guys have had and everything. This is new comparatively speaking. And and Alan's done a great, you know, great things in his career. That's not selling him short or what Alec Bradley has done, but it's new. It's comparatively it's, it's comparatively new. It's fresh. Right. And it's um, new. It's innovative. Like if you look at Alan's ads, and like Alan has a picture of himself with a caption first generation cigar maker on there, uh, which is a, 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 a corollary to, to ours is four generations. And it's great. It's healthy. It helps the industry to being strong. You know, um, uh, we can talk about FDA regulation if you want to, but my, my biggest fear over the, the past decade we've been dealing with this is that it would stifle innovation. It would stop new companies from joining. And I think the, 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 the day that there isn't an Alec Bradley um, or a Tatuaje or an Aganor Salif or a protocol, like you mentioned a few minutes ago, the day that there isn't a new company joining with new ideas, fresh ideas, hunger with energy, that's the day that the industry starts to die. We need as an industry a vibrant, uh, um, uh, diverse marketplace of cigars, of brands, of products, of companies, and it helps make us all better and it keeps the industry fresh and uh and, and healthy and and it's really good and from our perspective there's plenty of room uh in the cigar market for everyone to be successful absolutely so wanted to dive into if we could walk through a little bit of, of what we we're kind of talking about here with the, the backdrop of the factory and everything what yeah. has uh um uh, what has uh what are we doing here what's that what are we doing here I was going to say, yeah, like what's what tell us a little bit about what's going on. We, the man, the Americans manufactured there. Uh, I know other cigars is uh, a cigar that you guys have been planning for over a year. The Angel Quest does the, the latest addition to mm-hmm. a cigar manufactured there as well. So, yeah, talk us a little bit about what the renovation, uh, what was intended, how it came to be. And then obviously what what you all are doing there now on a daily basis. Now that now that it's finally complete and you guys are, uh, I'm sure, relieved about that because <laughs> I know that was a project. Thank you. Um, so, Barry, as you know, Tampa is Cigar City. In the 1880 census, uh, the 1880 census showed that there were just 700 people here in what we now know as Tampa 
at that time. It was just a tiny little fishing village with a, a U.S. Army fort, and that was it. But in 1885, uh, a man by the name of Vincente Martinez Ibor, a very famous cigar maker who at the time his factory was was in Key West, which was the center of the cigar world in the United States in the early 1800s, um, started searching for a new place to roll cigars. Um, at the time in the 1880s, it was, life was difficult in the Florida Keys. It was hard to get to. You were landlocked. Uh, and there were hurricanes, and it was hard to ship your goods to the markets uh, in the Northeast and New York and Boston and Philadelphia, where the consumers were that were buying your product. And so uh, Martinez Zibor realized that Key West uh, was not a good long-term home for the cigar industry. And he he uh, uh, and his friend um, Ignacio Hayam uh, uh, went and uh, uh, on a steamship and traveled the coast uh, of the Gulf Coast up from Florida, up around uh, through uh, Louisiana and down through Texas and in search of a better place to, 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 to land. And, and they decided for a couple of key reasons that Tampa was the ideal place to make cigars. And so they came here when there's nothing here and they built their first factory. And very quickly within just a few years, the rest of the industry followed and and Tampa grew overnight from 700 people in 1880 to 16,000 people by 1900 to more than 100,000 people living here by 1930, all because of cigars. Tampa uh, at that time was the largest city in the state of Florida and it was a company town. Oh, wow. if you lived in Tampa, your family either rolled cigars or they made cigar boxes or they printed cigar labels or they cooked lunches and dinners for the cigar workers. Everything was tied to the cigar economy. And that legacy is still here through all the old cigar factories that dot the landscape of Ybor City, uh, the headquarters of the cigar industry in the United States. And at its peak in 1930, there were 150 cigar factories just like ours that made more than 500 million cigars by hand every year we got half a billion half a billion by wow. hand which is about 20 percent more uh cigars made here in tampa than than are made uh around the world right now uh so it, it really is a, a a just important part of the the history and the culture and the story of tampa but it, after the factory started to close and move overseas in the 70s and the 80s and the, and the 90s, that story started to be forgotten. It started to be lost. If, if you ask the average person who enjoys cigars in Chicago or in Oklahoma uh, about cigars in the United States, they, they, they might not uh, know anything about Ybor City and Tampa. And so what we realized was, since we have the last traditional cigar factory still operating not only really in Tampa, but but in the United States, we realized that if we didn't tell the story of cigar making in America and cigar making in Tampa, nobody else would. The story would be lost. And so in addition to, to making rolling cigars here every day, we, we've, we've broadened what we do and we've taken on the, the mantle as being ambassadors for the, the cigar industry, ambassadors for Ybor City and the city of Tampa. And we now welcome visitors, hundreds of visitors every week from all around the, the, the world to learn about 
the art and the craft and the 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 heritage of premium cigar making and so in celebration of our company's 125th anniversary in 2020 we set about to restore this beautiful iconic 112 year old cigar factory el relo as it's known and turn it into a a, a tourist destination uh, we built a cigar museum that spans three levels in our factory we offer three guided tours every day. We have cigar rolling classes uh, on Fridays. Uh, in a few months, we're going to open and start having cigar blending classes and start rolling custom cigars for people. Okay. And, and and we we host events. We had 22 weddings here this year. I was going to ask you about the weddings. I remember me. talking about that last who time. Get, who wants to get married in a cigar factory, but, but people want to have weddings and celebrations and meetings. And we love it because the more people we bring in to the factory, the more we can tell the story of what a special art and craft and tradition the cigar industry is here in the United States. And so um, so, so, so our, our business has expanded beyond just making cigars to being in the hospitality business. And, and we have plans to continue expanding it in, in the years ahead. And so, so that's what, uh, what we're, we're doing here. And it's been incredibly uh, successful, but more importantly, incredibly rewarding that we have the, the privilege of being able to tell the, the story of American cigar making. So I know you said how close you were to your grandfather and I, and I know he had immense pride in what you all as a family were doing and that you were keeping the tradition alive. Did he ever, and I, and this is why I think he would be incredibly proud of what you all have accomplished now, but did he ever, I mean, from your childhood, do you remember, did he ever express sorrow or or sadness that that what he had saw, the greatness of, of Cigar City, reduced to just y'all? I mean, did he ever, did he ever talk about that at all? Well, I think uh, the, the, the change was slow. It happened over time. Um, like, for instance, our, our when really the only other big Tampa cigar family still left the, our partners, the Arturo Fuente family um, uh, uh, went, went to Nicaragua in the late seventies and, and stopped rolling here in, in the 1980s. And, and so everything happened very slowly over time. The industry shrank. It wasn't like a, a hurricane went through thankfully and wiped out the industry. It was just a very slow process over time. But I, I think there was sadness that his friends his, his competitors um the industry here just kept shrinking but i think that also um just furthered his resolve that we had to stay open we had to keep this this factory going that we had to continue rolling cigars and cigar city keep making cigars in the united states because nobody else was doing it and uh and and, and so I, I i think it was um there was some sadness uh, in the fact that um, nobody else was left, but at the same time, it just furthered our resolve to, to keep cigars going in Cigar City. I imagine the reason I was asking about your grandfather, not your father, because I imagine that 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 was probably going to be the answer. As I was kind of was kind of pulling the lawyer on the lawyer, I kind of knew what the answer was going to be, <laughs> but <laughs> I have to. You know, to build on that, though, I think, you know, your, your 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 father and your uncle probably had an even greater resolve than his as well to, to 
to not to not let it go to keep it going you know um and and he hasn't been gone for that long either i mean that's i mean to paint that into perspective too so it's not like a a huge amount of time yeah um so i mean it's like you said it's been more gradual and everything like that and and by the time that unfortunately uh, at the time of his death i mean that the it had already it had already faded right it had already you know it was already everything else was already gone so i mean it i think it it uh it in a way that slow gradual decline also led to this very quick and fast if we can call 20 years almost fast but um decision and movement toward creating like you know, I, I, I don't mean to be sacrilegious, but a mecca to what was once the great uh, the greatness of that city. I mean, I think what you guys did. I mean, not just not just for the Newman family legacy, but for this for the Tampa legacy, have built something incredible. And I and I and it's just it's just a beautiful thing. I think we need to. Thank I you. think we take take a moment to recognize that too. Thank you, Brad. That's very kind of you. You know, um, my biggest surprise and. And doing this and opening up the op- opening of the doors to our factory, welcoming visitors coming in for our museum and tours and tastings and rolling classes. My biggest surprise is that half of the people who come and visit us are the people you'd expect. They're, they're, they're your viewers. They're the people we see in cigar lounges, the people who appreciate and enjoy a fine cigar. But what really shocked me is that the other half of our visitors come and visit us and they don't really like cigars. They may have never smoked a cigar really? or touched a cigar in their lives. In fact, they don't quite, quite often, they don't know much of anything about cigars, but they come here and visit us because they're interested in history. They're interested in old buildings and in Tampa and how things were done a century ago. And so that gives us the opportunity to demystify this wonderful world of cigars to help educate new people about how what we're doing is simply a craft, a, a, a legacy that has been going on for more than a hundred years that we're rolling cigars by hand with all natural tobacco leaves and, and we age them and, and, and how much care and thought uh, and, and craft goes into making a fine cigar. And so even if these visitors never pick up a cigar and light one, buy one, smoke one ever themselves, at least they leave with an appreciation for what this tradition, what this culture is. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. You know, it's very easy for someone who knows nothing about cigars to dismiss cigars as some as a stinky thing that your grandfather did. <laughs> Sound uh, like my mother, Drew. <laughs> uh, 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 50 years ago. But we get to, to showcase what cigars really are. And, and for me, that's it's incredibly re- rewarding and, and, and helps us serve the industry by, by really being ambassadors. And so that's my, my, my biggest surprise is just seeing just boatloads of visitors come in for a tour um, knowing nothing about cigars. I, I never expected that. that. But I think that that goes to show you that this vision that you guys had a few years ago when this journey started – I mean, it ha- first of all, it has to make it all feel worth it. But I mean, it, it goes to show you that it it goes to show the world that what we're doing, having a conversation, smoking cigars, uh, supersedes 
what what the world's expectation of what cigar smoking is. Okay. We're not just right. some old guy sitting in a lounge, you know, they're not just stinky things. There's a world in which this was was and still is so important to so many families and provides right. and joy and pastime for those who enjoy. I'm sorry, Drew, go ahead. I was just saying, it helps people understand that we have, the cigars are a handcrafted product. They really are a luxury product. How much mm. effort and care and passion and love goes into making a single cigar. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's really wonderful. And, uh, you know, Bear, we were inspired in, in doing this by seeing what's been done by so many breweries and distilleries and wineries, the, the, the bourbon trail uh, out in, in, in California, seeing how they've welcomed visitors in and, and educated them and done tours and tastings. And we thought, well, if, if this is happening in the spirits world and the wine world, why can't this happen here? So Bear, I see the lights behind me went out. Let me, they're on a motion sensor. I'll be right back. <laughs> Sounds fun. good. Um, it, it's a, we're recording this uh, after hours. Um, and so our, our, our rollers, you probably saw a few minutes ago. We're we'll taking off. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, I'll, I'll hear you, but I'm going to step away for a second. Sure. Welcome sure. Back sure. To show you, I think you'll like to. Well, as, uh, as Drew puts the lights back on, so to speak. Uh, um, uh, we'll go ahead and get ready for uh, our fun segment, uh, which of course is the United Cigar uh, Presidential Trivia segment. So, Drew, as you're coming back in, I'm going to go ahead and read this. Uh, the, the United okay. Cigar Presidential Trivia segment is always brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron line. So, smoke one today and start living united now drew this is a new segment that we've done since the last time you were on we do a presidential trivia question don't worry it's multiple choice um i i thought about doing something around tampa i didn't know it was going to be such a dominant part of our conversation which has been great by the way i'm not complaining in the slides because there's just so much there but i did base it on uh something that you share with the president which is your first name so uh, of course andrew jackson uh, so and this Johnson. question and Johnson and a few others, but I went with Jackson because I think I, I, I he's he's a very colorful character, yeah, and a Floridian too, uh, and that's actually something that comes up in the question. So which is not true about Andrew Jackson? It's not true. A he has no official birth state. B he chose himself to appear on the twenty dollar bill. Or C he is the only chief executive to be a prisoner of war, which is not true. He was a prisoner of war. He was a general. Um, I, I would go with B. I, I it, it's hard for me to think that that he chose himself to be on the twenty dollar bill, but it, it, it's a pure it's a pure educated guess. And you're absolutely you you're absolutely correct. It is yes, yeah. you're absolutely correct. So yeah, so and there's some funny stories behind all this. So it's funny that he actually has appeared on paper money for he's actually been on several bills throughout history um including the five dollar bill the hundred dollar bill at one time he was on the thousand dollar bill but um it's funny because he was actually politically and adamantly opposed to paper money he thought paper money was 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 bad <laughs> he was a colorful character uh especially here in florida um it, it very controversial for some of his actions and how he how he treated people. 
course. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he and I share the same first name. Absolutely. Um, he, uh, he uh, he has actually no official birth date, which is the other interesting thing because he was uh, born in the, the what at the time was called the wilderness. You know that they're still trying to decide if he was born in North Carolina or South Carolina. <laughs> they don't. They 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 still don't know. Uh, both states both states actually claim Andrew Jackson as their birthplace, which is interesting. Um, and he doesn't want to claim Andrew Jackson like he, his colorful history, but. Uh... The only man to beat off a would-be assassin. I also love, that's my favorite. That's my favorite Andrew Jackson story. Like I said, very colorful things. A lot of, let's face it, a lot of, a lot of bad press and a lot of, a lot of negative things. Uh, he wasn't the, he wasn't the uh, most sound of characters uh, in terms of people, but, uh, uh, but entertaining, entertaining to be sure. Entertaining, very accomplished soldier, military man, um, and was very active here in Florida in his early days. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so that was our, pre- thank you for participating in that, Drew. That was our presidential uh, trivia sponsored by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the high- highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. So smoke one today and start Here. being united. Here, what's my prize? What's Dave Garofalo going to send me? I think we should, give him a, we should give him a call. Yeah, we should do that. I, I'll let I'll let I'll let him know that he that you owe him something, or he owe, excuse me that he, he owes is you something. the greatest marketer in our industry. I mean, you know, he wrote a book mm-hmm. uh, uh, on marketing yeah. and, and prizes. Dave has a contest without a prize. How's that possible? <laughs> That's the genius of David Garofalo, right? <laughs> the right. contest without the prize. The genius because um, it gives us. About him, yes. and talking about his business. Yes. That, that, that's the genius. That there, there, there it is, right there for sure. Um, and uh, I, I really, I really like this segment because it blends my it blames my love of history and presidential history specifically, and then I get to have like these these kind of one off conversations with individual guests about into things. And you know, we've been talking a lot about the Newman family, obviously, um, um, for you know, our conversation and everything, but you guys have partnered with another family, the Fuentes. And that's the other thing that we're going to feature tonight right now is um, the cigar family charitable foundation, which you guys have been involved with since the very beginning with the Fuente family. This has been an incredible organization. Yes. For the cigar industry, but for the world as a whole, I mean, it's more, again, it supersedes the industry. The legacy of these two families have created a beautiful, a beautiful foundation that's done incredible work. If you don't mind, Drew, just take a couple of minutes and talk a little bit about some of the more recent things that y'all have done. Um, I know I had Carlito on a uh, last year and he was talking about some of the most recent stuff, but I know you guys uh, partnered together on this, in this wonderful, this wonderful um, charity. Sure. Thank you so much, Bear, for uh, giving me the chance to talk about Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. And I'll begin by saying I get no credit for it. Really, Cigar Family Charitable Foundation is a product of, of of two people, two partners, two visionaries, two people who don't really want the credit, but they get the credit. And, and that's that's my dad, Eric Newman, and Carlos Fuente Jr. And and really the idea for the foundation, for for the project that it created, uh, started from uh started in the car. It was in the drive from Santiago. Uh, in the Dominican Republic and the, the heart of tobacco country, where the 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 famous Tabacalera A Fuente factories are, the drive from there to the region called Bonal, where the the beautiful Chateau de la Fuente is, in this 
rural, beautiful, beautiful part of the Dominican Republic, um, uh, nestled uh, by, by, by a river and uh, in, in, in the shadow of some hills. And as they were driving out to Banal to go see the chateau, they they were looking around and they were they were seeing school children in the middle of uh, of the day um, by the side of the road. Um, with their families, and they were wondering, why aren't these kids in school? Why aren't they learning? Why aren't they getting education? Like the, these families, these communities are working so hard to grow this incredible tobacco at the Chateau de la Fuente for Fuente Fuente Opus X and other cigars. Why, why aren't these the, these kids um, getting education? And what they realized was, after investigating it, the, the, the school was overcrowded. It was. A local school was having double sessions because they didn't have enough room for all the kids. They didn't have enough teachers. They didn't have enough desks and books and and resources. And 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 here we are as cigar makers, as cigar consumers, enjoying the fruits of their labor, enjoying these beautiful tobaccos hand rolled into these world class cigars. And, and the communities here were not benefiting. And and so on the drive back. That day, more than two decades ago, my father and Carlota realized they had an obligation. They had an obligation to 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 give back, to create something to to help these uh, th these families. And and so their their first thought was, well, if the school's overcrowded, let's just build a wing. Let's build a wing on on the uh, school uh, 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 nearby, to, so that all the students could could go go there. And have a proper education and they researched and investigated some more and talked with the local leaders and they realized that the need was so much greater and and the 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 the, the need uh spanned everything from just access to clean water for drinking and, and eating and brushing your teeth to basic medical care um just just eyeglasses sunglasses everything was needed. things we take for and granted Things we, think we, we, we take for granted every single day. And so they resolved themselves in that drive to do something about it. And so they created, Carlito and my dad created the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation to really support these efforts. And and uh, uh, cigar people, cigar makers, as you know, Bear, are, are not short of ideas or vision. And so their vision quickly expanded from a wing on a school to building our, our, our own school to being able to go into to the, the communities surrounding the chateau and provide them with clean drinking water, with water filters, helping them rebuild the, their homes and provide housing and education, bringing doctors in, medical doctors, dentists, eye doctors to help these people access ba basic services. And then it just keeps growing and growing. And here we are two decades later, having thousands of students graduate from the primary school, graduate from the, the high school and the brand new um, technical school and go off to, 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 to college and to, to careers and be able to provide for themselves. Like it, it's just such a wonderful story that my dad and Carly don't talk too much about unless you ask them and prod them to talk about it. But it, it's a it's a real um it's a real wonderful achievement and it's an accomplishment not only uh, uh, of Carlito and my dad, but really the entire cigar industry, because over the past 20 years, it's been cigar enthusiasts from all around the United States and across the world who have who financially supported this 501c3 nonprofit that 
that uh, our families created to, to, to fund these efforts. And it's just had a tremendous impact. I'll, I'll pause now because I, I've talked a lot, but like we can talk yeah. about the impact that the foundations had on, on these communities and these families and these now generations of students. And it's, it's really, um, really wonderful. And it, it really speaks to, to the unique nature and the generosity and the spirit of the cigar industry. It's uh it's a beautiful organization. If, and, and if I may take a little bit of liberty with and some license here to, but just to kind of draw along the, the, the story and everything that we're talking about in a way, in a very strong way, your father, um, and the Fuente family have imported the American dream for so many. And, and like you said, given so much to, you know, people, it's, it's things we just take for granted. Running water is one of those things that, you know, and, and, and adequate medical care, you know, you, we don't think about a simple band-aid, right? My son fell the other day, cut his leg, put a band-aid on it. Not everybody has that. Not everybody has that luxury and we can call it a luxury if you can, if, and it's unbelievable. I mean, I have band-aids in my house because I have children that have cartoon characters and also i mean they just need a pandit they just need adequate medical you know medical care and 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 the cigar family charitable foundation and all its wonderful work and cigar enthusiasts like you mentioned around the world have contributed to this wonderful project that have given so much hope and so much to 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 these people it's 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 a it's a beautiful thing it's wonderful and i'm I'm so glad it's it's still standing strong today and 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 continuing to build, much like what we've growing. talked about. Yeah, it's growing. There's it's wonderful. Art, um, there's a new arts building that's that's just being added right now, funded largely from Hublo and and the 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 Fuente Fuente was X Hublo watches and the proceeds from that have been funding this beautiful new arts building that's going to have um that that's have music classes because music is so much so important part of the Dominican culture and, and, and help kids with, with fine arts too. So they learn not only math and reading, but, 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 but learn about culture and can participate in the, the fine arts and performing arts. And so the, the program keeps expanding and, and bear my, my, my favorite um, story about um, uh, Cigar Family Foundation is, is that, that our medical director, it, it's a doctor, um, named Nelson, who started uh, in our primary school when he was just a a, 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 a little kid, uh, the age of your kids, uh, just slightly older than, than my kids. And um, he enrolled um, in the elementary school and, and then graduated, went to high school, graduated, and then went off to, to college and got his degree and went to medical school and got his residency. And now he's a, a licensed physician. And, and he decided to come back to his community and be the 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 doctor for uh, the, the 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 project, and be the doctor for the the, the residents in his own community. And, and 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 when he speaks about it, he speaks about how before the Scar Family Charitable Foundation project was built, um, he and and his friends and his neighbors uh, opportunities like that to to graduate high school, to go to college, to go to medical school, it, it just didn't exist. And so it's changed. The trajectory of so many lives uh, of wonderful people who who just because of the the 
the, the, their place in, in life uh, didn't have these opportunities. And, and it's, it's really special. And again, it all has uh, been funded and supported by the generosity of cigar enthusiasts like you and me from all around the world who've given back. And, and so it's just really had a profound impact. And I'm just so proud of my dad, so proud of Carlito for having this vision and, and just dedicating so much time, not really for the glamour or the publicity, because it was the right thing to uh, do. And, and, and my job and, 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 and as part of the fourth generation of the Newman family with Liana Fuente and the fourth generation of the, of the Fuente family is simply to keep it going and, and to help it grow and prosper and thrive for the next 20 years, the next 40 years and 60 years. And, and, uh, God willing, we'll be able to continue doing it. Absolutely. Here's, here's to, uh, here's to that for sure. Drew, I got, I got a couple more questions and I know you guys, I know you have to run, uh, and, um, and I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and everything, uh, Thank with you. the, with your beautiful family, growing family. And I have a feeling that with this next question, your family may pop up, uh, and in, in a moment that you might've celebrated. So our next segment is brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Refuge is more than just a place physical place it can be a state of mind some of life's greatest reflections can be found in your own personal asylum moments like these were made for asylum cigars so light up an asylum and choose your refuge so drew while you're relighting your cigar there i know we've been doing a lot of talking i've had to relight mine a couple of times too but it's so enjoyable man this uh five years of aged tobacco on this like i said this cigar has been aging for me for a year it was aged a year before it got to the shelf before i bought it and then the wrapper was aged uh, three years before that. It is sensational. I'm American. really, really digging it. Um, the um, the this particular uh, segment is about those moments that we choose uh, with ourselves in a cigar. So cigars are very community driven. We just talked about the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, what the cigar community has done. Uh, a lot of us enjoy cigars around people. We work in, in cigars, so you're around people, except, you know, smoking and enjoying cigars and everything. But every so often, we have those moments, those moments of solitude where it's just us and a cigar. And it could be celebrating something. It could be contemplating something. It could be maybe dreaming up one day to smoke a cigar that's completely American. We don't know. But if you can recall, I'm sure you've had several of these moments in your lifetime, but if you can recall a moment where it was just you and the cigar, if you can remember what cigar you were smoking, that'd be great. But what was that moment about? You know, it's funny. Um, I work in a cigar factory, 112-year-old cigar factory for our 127-year-old family business. Uh, I'm around cigars all the time. It's very cigar-friendly in here. Um, and I rarely ever get to enjoy a cigar here because the hustle and bustle of, 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 of business uh, of giving tours, like it's hard to actually for me to to sit down here and relax and talk with you or talk with anybody, and and uh, it's a rare pleasure to be able to sit down and, and light up a cigar, um, and, and so I don't have too many asylums uh, for cigars here in this building, but I, I think uh, what what's what's really special uh, for me was being able to light up cigars and enjoy them with my father and uncle, but also my grandfather too. Um, being able to, to to smoke cigars with my grandfather Stanford and just hear from him mm-hmm. about our family and our business. And when you light up a cigar, time slows down. Uh, and and when, you, when you enjoy a cigar, you really can't think about too many other things or 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 be 
distracted. It, it just gives a focus um, to so being able to have those memories of being able to enjoy a cigar with my grandfather. It's 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 very special, and I I hold those memories close, especially as I help lead our company now because it it really speaks to the tradition of our family and what we're trying to do here, and hopefully we, hopefully we can do for another 127 years and four generations. No, but I won't be around to see it and neither will you, but it'll be a beautiful when it happens. It'll be beautiful when it happens. Um, that's awesome. I, there are so many moments that get described to me on this show, this being one of them where I would give anything to be a fly in that wall for those conversations and what they must've been like and what was said. I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure there was some not so majestic moments because, you know, like, but I mean, I'm sure there were plenty of those too. I'm sure there was just a lot of, there was those grand moments and probably quotes that are embedded in your head. Cause I remember conversation. I remember conversations with my father who's still alive, but he's ill, unfortunately. And it's given me pause to think about those, those moments that you described, which are just priceless in a lot of ways. And, uh, well, terrific. Well, we got one more question for you. That was our Asylum Cigars Refuge moment. Refuge is more than just a physical place. It can be a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum with family or alone. Moments like these were made for Asylum Cigars. Light up an asylum and choose your refuge. So, Drew, again, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you so much for your time today. Got one last Merry question Christmas, for you. Okay. Um, beautiful, beautiful time filled today. Smoking a wonderful cigar and chatting with you about your wonderful family and history. Um, I have to ask, um, what is it like having a Florida Christmas? Cause it's not very Rockwellian when you think about it, there's no snow drifts, there's no toboggan. Uh, there's no snow covered uh, Christmas trees, you know, real snow covered Christmas trees, I imagine, but Christmas I'm sure is just as beautiful uh, in your own unique way down there aside from what we have pictured in our head and in storybooks. So uh, tonight's curveball question is sponsored by Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Fastballs or curveballs, it doesn't matter since the company's inception. Steve Sock has been knocking them out of the park seven consecutive years, the consensus top three. What is the perfect Florida Christmas, according to Drew Newman? Well, I would say a couple of things. Um, uh, Christmas usually is not white here in Florida. Growing up as a kid, I remember once we had snow flurries on Christmas Day. Oh, wow. Um, okay, so you have that one memory. Okay. Yeah, but actually, I think the forecast uh, for Christmas Day here in, in Tampa is actually supposed to be rather rather, rather cold. And, and it's funny, 50 degrees here is far cooler than 50 degrees up north because of the humidity and the, the, the dew point. It always feels colder here than it does elsewhere. But I would say Florida Christmas, uh, the great thing about winter in Florida is you can be outside. Is that uh, even though the daylight is short, the days are beautiful. You have blue skies. The weather is crisp. It's nice. You can actually sit outside and enjoy a cigar all day long or throw a football or or, or barbecue outside. And so what I would say is uh, um, Christmas is often about family and celebration and people coming together. And the, the weather down here is perfect for that because um, you can just be outside and, and it, it, it's really nice. And so it's true. We we often uh, uh, don't have white Christmases 
here and many houses don't have chimneys for Santa Claus to, to come through, but uh, 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 the, the weather here it couldn't be nicer uh, in December and in January and February, which may, makes it nice for people to, uh, to to come together and celebrate and and, and relax and, and and enjoy enjoy time. And so I don't know if uh, Steve Saka is planning coming down here for the holidays, but um, <laughs> uh, uh, we we love to have Steve uh, and and uh, his family come down from 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 Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust um, uh, for the holidays and uh, and have you here too, Bear. His Christmas. Very- oh yeah, no, I, I I would like to experience a a more I guess a tropical Christmas at some point. And that pro- my wife is a big proponent of tropical weather, um, but I think I think Christmas might be the exception to where she wouldn't want to go. But I'd love to experience it myself. And Here, Steve, let me, probably- let me throw the back at you. I mean. Texas, parts of Texas are hotter than it is here in Florida. That's true. Where you are, I mean, are you, are you expecting a white Christmas? Um, well, the weather just changed today, um, so it was um, it got a changed little cooler. Here. Yeah, it got a little cooler, but no, no, no snow in the forecast. So um, for for Christmas this year, but uh, um, uh, as is my timing as ever, I always wanted a white Christmas. I, I had, I experienced one. I'm from El Paso, Texas, which is even hotter where than I am right now. I had one white Christmas in my childhood and that, that was a, that was a terrific memory. Um, but since then I've missed white Christmases. I've left wherever I've left. There's been a white Christmas. Like I, I, I spent one Christmas in my hometown of El Paso, but it snowed here in the DFW area. And I'm like, well, dang it. It's that actually happened twice to me a couple of times. And, uh, and everything but um but the 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 tree situation we've we've probably already heard you've probably heard the jokes all your life for any uh, all of your friends or anyone that didn't live in florida and everything but i mean did you guys do the palm tree did you guys actually have a what traditional christmas tree like what was that like yeah i mean christmas trees here come from from uh, from north carolina generally north carolina are the closest mountains to florida and and there are tree farms there and 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 that's where we, we we got our tree this year from a North Carolina farm. I don't know where do trees come from in Texas. We have a we. Uh, I know this is sacrilege. We actually don't. I, I'm. We have a we have a fake one. So. <laughs> uh, where do people get trees? Like like the Christmas tree lots in Texas. Where, where are they grown? They. I've seen it come. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen them say sourced from the Carolinas. I've seen that. So I've seen them sourced from the Carolinas. Uh, uh, Colorado, New Mexico, some other places in the Southwest too. So that that's usually where they're sourced from. Uh, it's an interesting question. Um, but yeah, um, there's, there's all different kinds. I, I really like some of the, uh, um, and then Christmas trees can actually, t- traditional Christmas trees, I mean, evergreens can grow here, which is also helpful too, uh, in, in this part of the state, probably not my, um, my home, my hometown of El Paso is as well, but, uh, uh, but, um, uh, we do, uh, we do have, uh, Christmas trees growing all around here and everything, uh, which is, which is really nice. I've always wanted to do a real tree. My wife's allergies have prevented it, but she mm-hmm. made she made up for it by getting one of the biggest trees that I've ever seen in our new home this year. We have a new home, nice. and she was like, I, she got a nine foot tree, and 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 she's like, I don't know if it's big enough. And we started putting it up. And I'm like, I think it's big enough. I think we're good. So it's a big tree. <laughs> it's huge. It's massive. Uh, Drew, thank you so much uh, for all the time today. Um, hey, absolutely great conversation. I really really am indebted to you and i really appreciate it um and i knew this was going to be a special show and i and i and i thank you again for returning to the show and and having another good conversation with me thank you so much 
Well, it's always great seeing you and hope you and your family have a Merry Christmas. And I hope that all your viewers are having a very Merry Christmas as well. And, uh, and I think Christmas is a great time to talk about cigars because cigars bring people together. So, so does the, the, the holiday season. And uh, look forward to next time sharing a cigar with you, sharing an American right here in the Cigar City. Absolutely. The lights are off in the factory that's signaling it's time to go home. I hope everyone has a very Merry Christmas. My name is Bear Duplissi. Thank you for all your likes, shares, and comments. Keep them coming. Check out our Facebook page, Alosa Fumar, for a calendar of upcoming guests. And we have our top 10 cigars of 2022 coming to you in the first week of January. Next week, we are going to be off for the new year. I hope everyone has a fantastic new year. I hope everyone has a merry, very Merry Christmas. Uh, again, we appreciate wherever you're listening. If you're listening to us later, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure you hit the download, subscribe, and review button. Make sure you hit unsubscribe if you already are a subscriber, then hit resubscribe. That really helps my number so I can continue to get great guests. Mike, my guest of honor on this wonderful day, Mr. Drew Newman. Thank you so much to everyone out there. As always, my name is Barry Duplissy from the Alec Bradley Studio of Azel, Texas. This was our 235th take. Guess what, everybody? Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. We'll see you next time.